Welcome to Rights Up Right Now, a mini episode of the Rights Up podcast from the Oxford Human Rights Hub. I'm Kira Allman, and today we're talking about the UK Human Rights Act with Sir Keir Starmer, MP for Holborn and St Pancras, and former Director of Public Prosecutions for the Crown Prosecution Service. In 2015, we recorded an interview with Sir Keir Starmer, MP for Holborn and St Pancras and former Director of Public Prosecutions. Long before the EU referendum, we talked to Sir Keir about the 1998 Human Rights Act and the prospect of a British Bill of Rights. In light of the Brexit vote, the relationship between UK and EU human rights law is a subject of much debate, so we wanted to revisit this old interview to see what Sir Keir had to say about it then. It turns out he has very much the same opinion on the topic now, and with his permission, we're airing this short interview. When it was enacted, the Human Rights Act incorporated the rights enumerated in the European Convention on Human Rights, the ECHR, into UK law. The effect of this legislation was to allow British citizens to seek a remedy to a breach of their rights under the ECHR in UK courts, rather than having to go to the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg. In 2015, the Conservative government had included a proposal in their party manifesto to replace the Human Rights Act with a so-called British Bill of Rights. But the difference between the two pieces of legislation remained largely unclear. The proposal seemed to be a response to a certain level of political dissatisfaction with the ECHR, but since withdrawal from the Convention was not an option, as the UK was a member of the EU at the time, the British Bill of Rights offered a renegotiation of the legal relationship between UK legislation and EU conventions. Today this relationship is still an open question. Leaving the common market does not automatically entail withdrawal from the ECHR. So, you can bet that the Human Rights Act and the proposed British Bill of Rights will be back on the table for discussion soon. Now I'll turn to our interview with Sir Keir from 2015. Let me just apologize for the quality of Sir Keir's audio. We recorded him speaking outside on the terrace at Westminster. It was a lively spot in the heart of London, and we were competing with wind, airplanes flying overhead, MPs chatting and eating lunch nearby, and even a bagpiper. But I think you'll still be able to hear his comments through all of that. Kier, how important is it that we have incorporated the European Convention on Human Rights into UK law with the Human Rights Act? What message does it send Europe that the UK is reconsidering its human rights framework now? I think it will greatly reduce our standing, not only in Europe, but across the world. If the UK walks away from one of the most important post-war international instruments that the UK itself drafted, um, that will send a very, very negative message to the rest of the world. And that is why um, the Foreign Office um, uh, are increasingly concerned about it. When William Hague was Foreign Secretary, um, he repeatedly emphasised just how important adherence to human rights was in the work of the Foreign Office across the world. Our standing will be reduced. Okay, let's take a step back. What is the Human Rights Act and what about it exactly is up for debate? Let, let's be really clear. The Human Rights Act simply incorporated into our law universal standards that we signed up to at the end of the Second World War. Um, 
and they, they are the standards that we have been ex insisting other countries comply with for years and which other countries measure themselves by. So um, they're the right standards incorporated into our law. I wouldn't amend the Human Rights Act at all. If we want to improve rights, I'm not against adding to it. You don't have to repeal the Human Rights Act to add rights. You simply pass another bit of legislation that enhances or add rights. Um, and therefore, I would be interested to um, consider how legislation could be crafted to better protect social and economic rights, environmental rights, etc. If somebody wants to truly enhance human rights, then I say to them, leave the Human Rights Act in place. You don't need to destroy, repeal, cut that to shreds. We've got that. Bank it. If you want to add to that, if that's the exercise, then let's draft some new legislation to do that. But the fact that the proposal on the table is to um, repeal the Human Rights Act tells you everything you need to know about what the, what the proposal has at its heart. Is there something that can be gained with a British Bill of Rights? Is this maybe an opportunity to enhance what's already there, in a sense, with the Human Rights Act? I don't think that it is this government's intention to improve and enhance human rights through introducing the so-called British Bill of Rights. We've yet to see what it would have contained within it, um, but uh, it is likely to look very like the European Convention on Human Rights. This is not an exercise to improve and enhance rights, it's an exercise to um, reduce and um, restrict human rights. Why do you think people have an increasingly negative view of human rights? Is there something about the language of human rights that causes people to disengage with the issues at stake? I think we have to be clear what we're talking about here. If you talk about human rights in the abstract, um, that does draw negative criticism. If you um, pose the question in a different way and say to people, do you think there should be the right to life? Do you think there should be a right to a fair trial? Do you think you should have a right to a private life? Do you think you should have free expression? The answer is pretty universally, yes, 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 yes. So in the abstract, um, there is this negative connotation, which is very curious in this country. In most countries, um, when government gives to its citizens individual rights, celebrate it. Um, we're the only country that apparently wants to give them back, um, you know, 15 years after we've um, got them. So I think it is about um, the debate. Arguably, um, the Human Rights Act was introduced without the sort of public debate that there was in other countries, and that might have helped the way it was received. And never forget, the Human Rights Act came into force um, in October 2000, um, and within 12 months, um, we had 9-11. Um, and therefore, uh, the Human Rights Act, um, as a young, untested instrument, was tested in the most difficult of circumstances, which was um, in, the, in response to what was um, you know, quite a packed um, uh, series of um, anti-terrorism legislation and provisions. Had the Human Rights Act been passed 10 or 15 years beforehand, without that context, then arguably it will be seen very differently. Well, we thank you for letting us share this short interview from way back in 2015, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode, which will bring us back into 2017.
Rights Up Right Now is a podcast from the Oxford Human Rights Hub. Subscribe or follow us on iTunes, the Oxford Podcasting Service, or SoundCloud. Thank you.